time to talk the Super Bowl. I know Josh Jenkins has been looking forward to this chat all week. <laughs> We're talking to John Anderson, ESPN Sports Centre host, as we get ready for the big one in Las Vegas. John, thanks very much for joining us on Sports Day. I appreciate you having me. I'm glad. I'm glad our uh, our work calendars match up, so that I uh, that, that I could visit with you guys. And um, it's funny. I, what I was going to say is the biggest sporting event in the world. And then today they announced uh, that the World Cup final in 2026 will be July 19th in uh, MetLife Stadium, where the Giants and Jets play. So I guess it's the second biggest game <laughs> um, in the world. But that's okay. It's it's the biggest for for. 24, and we'll take that. Exactly, right. And and it's significance because it, it is in Las Vegas for the very first time. Pretty much a brand new stadium and, and two really exciting teams. How, how significant is this for, for the NFL, for NFL history, really? It is, and it's, you know, it's a marked turn, I think, for the National Football League that for so long um, did not want to come within – 50 miles of anything gaming or gambling related. Um, you know, there were always point spreads and all that other stuff, but they kept their best to stay away from that. At first, you know, it's always been taboo for players. And, and to this day, they still are very strict and severe punishment for anybody that gambles in around the game or even close to it. Um, but they have embraced all the various um, fan duels and different things uh, different gaming companies like that. They realize the money there, the potential there. DraftKings, I think Jerry Jones of the Cowboys has a piece of that now. And the fact that they're going to Las Vegas the same way kind of shows that they have gotten a new attitude about that. And I think, quite frankly, the attitude is, hey, there's money to be made. And and that's <laughs> that's exactly why they did it. Um, and then the other thing, I worked with a colleague tonight who said, you know, the, the old saying is, you know, what happens in Vegas is actually now broadcast to 190 million uh, countries and 150 million people will be watching. So, so much for keeping it quiet in Vegas. <laughs> John, I, I think there's so, there's, there are always so many storylines to a Super Bowl and uh, the media, your great organization, ESPN, does a, a fine job of basically extracting all of them. But I think you yeah. always look at the quarterbacks when – uh, assessing yeah. the American football. And we've got Patrick Mahomes at one end of the, the, the scale who was a top 10 pick. He's paid $52 million uh, annually. And then you've got Brock Purdy, who was literally Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the draft, and he's making eight hundred and seventy grand. So it's a, it's a tale of two guys in the most important positions who, who could not have different backgrounds when it comes to getting to where they are really is and the good news for Purdy is he'll probably he'll probably catch up. I don't know that he gets to 52, <laughs> but in a year or two that guy's going to make some money. So while while he's making the pauper's wage of only 800 and some odd thousand dollars, hopefully he will be able to muddle through until the big money comes by. But um it is but you know even Mahomes has a hint of and had for a while when you know he was drafted even as high as he was, you know, the draft, Mitch Trubisky went second to the Bears that year, and that was going to be the thing. And and even when the Chiefs traded up to ten uh, or eleven, which I think it was ten, Christian McCaffrey was eight, was also in the game. People were like, "Boy, what are they doing?" This guy, and they knew what they were doing. But so even even that to be a bit of a high draft pick, um, he came with some questions, and obviously now has shown that he is at age twenty eight in the pantheon of great quarterbacks in the game. 
And you're right. It is that that's where we measure anything in this sport nowadays. And Purdy, I just wonder how his his narrative ha- would have changed if he had been drafted still by San Francisco, but like one place ahead, mm. right? Because I think the Mister Irrelevant makes such an easy story. Always oh, because he was the last guy. If he had drafted one more before that, I wonder if people would have been a little more willing to go. Oh, he's a really good quarterback. And I think what happens sometimes is scouts here get enamored with height, weight, speed, shuttle drills, how high can you jump? And I watched this guy because he was in a conference uh, that's in the Midwest where I you know, went to school, and I watched this guy play for four years. And you, like that guy was good, and he beat college teams. He had no right to beat with the team he was on. So if, if you are in you know, the Midwest, if you were in America's grain belt where they grow wheat and corn, like you're not shocked that Brock Purdy's a really good quarterback and that he came in. And the other thing that, that was amazing is he came in with, gosh, he, he started 45, almost 50 college games. And compared that to the fellow he replaced, Trey Lance, who had played like 11 or 12 and only one over the course of about two years because of the pandemic. And this guy was ready to go. But uh, so it is a, it's a wonderful story that this, this, this guy who was drafted so late in the seventh round has a chance to be great. And then the other fella, if he wins three, uh, wins a third, then Mahomes, there's only, by my count, four guys on the list ahead of him. He'll tie with Troy Aikman and then Bradshaw Montana, Montana, two legends have four. And then Tom Brady, who I like to call the greatest living American, is at seven. <laughs> um, and he'll have time to catch some of those numbers, which is remarkable. It is. He's he's a he's an unbelievable young man. He's only twenty eight years of age, Mahomes. So he's got a a long way to go. He might not play until he's forty five, like uh, Tommy did. But <laughs> he's got plenty of time to 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 stack uh, more rings. Now, are you are you going to be working on Super Bowl night? I know. I believe the uh, game is uh, going to be covered by a far inferior yeah. network than yours. But uh, are you working? Because I don't know that even uh, a man of your status, two and a half mil for a suite at the uh, at the new Allegiant Stadium. <laughs> I think it's seven hundred k for one of those little tables down in the end zone. So hopefully you're working, or your media pass gets you in. So this is the first time in gosh knows how long um, I'm having a great run. Somehow I ma- managed to have American Thanksgiving off. I've managed to have a Amer- uh, Christmas off. And this is the first time I can think of 20 years where I'm not working. We have people on site, and instead of having two shows, for whatever reason, there is only one. I don't know if it's because it's in the West Coast or where the game's going to end or exactly it, but I will actually be at home uh, like millions of people around the world just yelling at the TV for the team I favor or whichever team I decide the refs are screwing over, and then that's (laughs) the team that I'll be able to yell at. Fair enough, fair enough. We're talking to ESPN Sports Center host John Anderson on Sports Day. I'm just interested in, and I don't really want to talk about Taylor Swift, but I'm going to. Just <laughs> just the extra layer of interest that she has brought the sport to potentially people that weren't interested in American football until this relationship started with with Travis. Is that is that is it significant? Has it taken football to a whole new level if that was even possible in America? Uh, maybe not a whole new level, but to certainly a whole new audience. And what I think you'd find if you were here is that there is no middle ground. There are people that this is great and they love it and it is awesome. And then there are people like this is dumb. It's disgusting. Why are we showing this person 
And I can't find anybody in the middle that just goes, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's one more cutaway. If it's not her, we'd see a guy with cheese on his head or a guy bare, <laughs> you know, down in a beer with his shirt off. And so I'm not really sure why it is. Um, I understand that she's the pop super, global pop superstar and huge, but I don't understand why there's either backlash. Like we, we have people here on, on our political um, channels talking about how she's like a plant by Joe Biden, Joe Biden and the Democrat. And like, what are we talking about? It's just a gal that's a really talented singer, and she's got a boy who happens to play football. And like, we don't, we didn't get mad that we showed a lot of Sierra when she was dating, uh, when she's married to Russell Wilson. And I said, I don't know this, but like, if Bruce Springsteen, I think he's a fairly global superstar, was at every Bills game, and we showed him. I don't think people would care. So I'm a little, it's a little shocking. Um, why that is, but I do know that as a as a man with a twenty year old daughter, right wheelhouse for the Swifties, <laughs> I do think it's funny to hear her friends kind of like now how many downs for a first down <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. what's the ten yard thing, and and they get some of that, but Lord Lord save them then if we have the more nuanced rules like what is an onside kick or wait why did they what's the safety why did he go backwards <laughs> so those things are hard but i think i think it's great and the nfl i think has fallen into this we're like wow we had no idea that this person because i think they all think wow who's bigger than patrick mahomes or who would be bigger than tom brady i don't think they had any idea that this one woman could draw so much attention and that she could help sell so many Travis Kelsey jerseys to young girls who can wear them to the eras tour. And uh, so it's phenomenal. So I'm on the side that like, it's totally fine. I have at no point have I watched American television that I've missed a play or a replay or any significant deal. So it's okay. I can live with it, but it is amazing that how, how just polarizing uh, her presence is at a game. Yeah. And and that's why I had to, I had to ask the question. So just when, yeah. when we look at the Chiefs, early in the season, it looked like it wasn't going to be again. Uh, it didn't look like, even though Mahomes was there, the offense was as strong mm-hmm. as, as previous years. They were sort of just battling a little bit. W- what sort turned them around? What, what, what's happened for them to be there again when it matters most? Uh, well, they've got just enough. And, and Pacheco, the running back, is a really good player which helps. It always helps any quarterback, right? I mean, turn around and hand it to that guy, and he runs really hard. And then in the last couple of weeks against Green Bay uh, and then against uh, uh, Buffalo, no, I'm sorry, not Green Bay, uh, um, uh, Buffalo and then the Ravens, they've had these guys that have made key critical mistakes during the season actually not make those stakes. Uh, uh, MVS, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanling has not dropped these passes and they survive Kadarius Stoney uh, falling out of bounds. But I think what's helped them is the defense is really, really good. So where before, you know, they were a victim of their own success. They'd score so fast. The defense was out there a lot longer and they kind of get gassed. And so then they had to score 35 or 40 this year. They're getting just enough leads, especially here late and with the playoffs and that defense is really stout. And they're kind of keeping the other team out of the end zone. So instead of having to score 35, they can get by with 24 or 27 or last week, 17. And so, you know, they have just enough offensive players. Mahomes makes those receivers just good enough. And Pacheco 
that they're you know they're they are a better defensive team than an offensive team. Which gosh, with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, never thought I'd really kind of utter that sentence, but I really believe that's the case with them. We'll get your pick before we let you go. I'm going to ask about uh, you and your work life a little more. You've been at it a long time. I was at the Houston airport uh, one day and I bumped into Neil Everett and he was uh, very, very nice. Hopefully you are as nice to me in person when we, uh, when we do bump into <laughs> each other. Who are, some of the, who are some of the guys and girls that you've worked with over time that um, you know, you've loved working alongside? I know you've spent many a, a late mm-hmm. evening uh, on the air bringing some amazing sporting uh, vision to our TV screens, but who are some? Who are some of your favorites to work alongside of? Um, well, it's it's funny. My wife has has come to call them uh, from. Um, it's a line in the uh, Ocean's Eleven movie, the original one, with, or not the original, the one, the first George Clooney one. And she says, "I like it when you work with the proper villains." Uh, so <laughs> that's what. So Steve Levy and uh, um, John Bucci-Gross, Kenny Mayne has just left, which is unfortunate in the last year. Um, Van Pelt, when he was here, was fantastic. Reese Davis. So I've been here 25 years, so I kind of tend to lean to all those guys that with shared experiences that are like me, that are in their 50s and not their 30s, um, that shared life experiences. But all those people, Neil Everett, uh, you'll never find a better human being. If you had asked Neil Everett, to loan you $500, he'd have said, sure. And you would have said, well, what if I want to buy black tar heroin? He'll be like, just stay off it, but pay me back. <laughs> and which he's just this amazing guy. He's so generous. And yet I'll just let you in on this. He's the cheapest man I've ever met too, because they raised the price of cream cheese and pe- peanut butter in our cafeteria one time by 50 cents. And he didn't eat there for three years. He was so mad. <laughs> um, so he's an amazing human being, but, and Neil has just left the company as well. So those, all those old guys, I, I just, and, cause I am one of them, but I look at my, you know, I look at my office and I have pictures of there's Kenny and I, and there's Steve Levy and Don Butchie Gross and, and Nicole Briscoe, by the way, if you don't know her, she is just absolutely wonderful and get to a formula one race and see her. Because, uh, you know, she's married to a lovely Australian and Ryan Briscoe, mm. um, uh, a, a fabulous race car driver. So those are some of my favorite people. And and it's just happened. I know it's we, what we're February 4th, so it's a month old. But January 4th is the anniversary of the great Stuart Scott's uh, passing, which is, um, you know, that's still fresh on everybody, even though that happened back in 2015. But uh, I've had a really good run, and I am really lucky because I have uh, sat next to some really good people that probably raised my profile beyond what I deserve. And in terms of uh, the Super Bowl, now it's in Vegas, so there are plenty of distractions. The players, are, I saw the Chiefs landed there this morning, I think our time. So uh, the players, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, security will be earning their money, uh, keeping the players in check for a whole week. But in terms of who you think will win the game, can you let us into what you're thinking? I know you're going to barrack for the team that's, getting uh, more screwed over by the zebras, but can you let us into who you think will win the game? <laughs> so uh, in this case, I'm kind of um, like, I really like Purdy, uh, but I grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I grew up in the shadow of Lambeau Field. So I'm still a little miffed that the 49ers sent my team home. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, we could go through X's and O's and we could go put a check through special teams and quarterbacks. But in this case, I'm in with my heart. And so I'm not really fond of the 49ers for what, which is now the fifth straight time that they beat the Packers in the playoffs. And then I have, my goodness, um, the majority of my college friends, I went to school at the University of Missouri, which is right between St. Louis 
in Kansas City. So I have loads of people um, that will be disappointed on the Kansas City side and a few people on that staff that I have gotten to know over the years. And so I kind of will shoot for them. So with the heart, but I also just think there is something here um, right now after what he did on the road in Buffalo and in Baltimore that I just think I'm not sure I'm ready to wager against Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and that I can go to the window and and the folks there at the casino will offer me two points on top of that. I, I think I'll take the Chiefs. Yep. Whenever in doubt. Just rely on Patrick Mahomes. Um, before we let you go, John, and we really appreciate you chatting to us, and I know it's very late over where you are at the moment. Um, I know you're a big track and field man, and uh, we're just hearing that the Australians are going to go pretty well at the Olympics this year. And we're, I'm not sure whether we're quite good enough to take on the United States team, but oh, boy. we might be winning some medals. Are, are you hearing good things from us? Yeah, you know, I haven't dug in a bunch. I just know that uh, uh, Stu McSwain is is an animal. Mm. Um, I'm waiting for Morgan McDonald to come back a little bit. I think he'll have more. Uh, I love Charlie Hunter. I may have told you this last year. He won a race, and when he said that he won it, but it had gotten as messy as Sunday dinner, I just love that. So he's <laughs> on my radar. And though, um, uh, because what's what's her married name? Is it uh, Ole Sloggers, the, the high jumper? Um, um, that I think is wonderful. And yet she might, you know, she was, she's probably the best one in the country, but the other gal um, won the world championships in Oregon a couple years ago. So you've got a couple of great high jumpers that we'll have to watch. Um, although, you know, Mahuchic from Ukraine is fabulous. Um, but listen, there were so many great performances in Tokyo that I hope that, uh, that they come back just because I think um, it's a great, it is, it's a great uh, track and field country. You know, there's great support. And that I got to work for a couple of weeks with the great Jane Fleming um, in Tokyo. So I, I am hoping for nothing but good things um, from the country when everybody gets to Paris here at the end of July and the uh, beginning of August. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting. And so we're going to have a young team, but I think we've got uh, a lot of talent coming through. John, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, legendary broadcaster, uh, around the world and for us to be able to spend some time talking to you we're absolutely thrilled uh, and good luck in uh, the coverage for ESPN in the build up to the Super Bowl I appreciate it and listen I'm still I still have not gone back to normal hours in my life having to stay up and and watch the Australian Open so I'm still <laughs> trying to get off that time schedule so right now I'm still good and I'm still trying to figure out how uh, Djokovic got beat but that's for another day thanks for having me guys